The wild card, I think, would be Belichick winds up in Dallas, Harbaugh winds up in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Then you figure out, okay, where do the Falcons go after that? All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points. I'm your host, Floyd Buffalo. With me, as always, my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and uh, here to get into some picks for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. But before we do that, Dylan, uh, another thing going on in the NFL, because there's always more than one thing happening in the NFL, especially this time of year, and that is coaching carousel, um, because it has been quite a quite a year for the coaching carousel. When you think about all the current available jobs as we're recording this and the jobs that may become available uh sooner rather than later by the time you're listening to this there may be a couple of jobs available uh that you know we're not even fully putting on the board just yet so i think maybe that's where we start this discussion Dylan, because if we're going to talk about the coaching carousel you've got to start with the teams that we don't know what these guys are doing uh as we're recording this right now and the number one at the top of that list, of course, is the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they go out in, you know, the wild card round in stunning fashion, just got it taken to them by the Green Bay Packers uh, in their own stadium. They've been invincible there this season. Not the case uh, this time around. And so what are the Packers going to, or excuse me, boy, that was a, I would have slipped there. Uh, the Packers with uh, Mike McCarthy and what they just did. Like there's so many angles you could go with that, but, What are the Cowboys going to do with Mike McCarthy? And I think really, Dylan, if we're talking about the coaching carousel, what happens with Bill Belichick, what happens with Jim Harbaugh and so forth, I feel like this is where the discussion has to start because that could have a huge domino effect on what we see with some of these other availabilities. It already feels like it's holding things up, right? Like we're we're seeing a lot of interviews and, uh, you know, often a lot of teams are going to do their due diligence and not every team – is going to uh, are going to be as transparent as the Falcons and Panthers have been about like every single interview they have. They have an article up on their team website, so we get to this point where it's just like a long list of the usual suspect names um, in this um, in this carousel right now, and also some uh, new additions. Not not all that many surprising ones, but yeah, like you said, it it kind of until what until Dallas decides what to do, and like I'm even like just now, I'm like I'm looking for those Twitter notifications from Rappaport Schefter. To, to basically tell us in mid mid recording what's going to happen because there's a chance yeah even by the time this episode comes out something could change um i feel like i mean everyone thought there you know, it was you know on twitter it was like are they gonna is mccarthy gonna survive to the second half uh with the way things were, were going in that game it was absolute beatdown, and uh, you know as much as the, you could talk about the players not uh stepping up in the and jordan love how great he looked and the packers meeting the moment I think it's pretty clearly a game that felt like one team was getting out coached uh, and it was Dallas, obviously. So I, I think it's only a matter of time. And I, I do think that's going to, it's going to be kind of contingencies when we look at our, uh, look at the other uh, positions that are open across the league. Um, I know that yeah, it's just for Belichick in particular, that's, it's a unique situation here where you get an all time coach hitting the market. It's, I mean, this is like you said, it wasn't just that last year we had only, I think, five openings. So it was, a, you know, below the average for how many uh, new jobs are taken um, in the in the head coaching carousel. But also the fact that the big names that are in this uh, in this uh, year's edition that really just changed things uh, for the calculus, even for Dallas, maybe they would over, after, you know, taking in the loss, you know, evaluate and be like, all right, is this really 
we, we've been, you know, obviously the records have been great in the regular season. They just haven't gotten it done in the postseason. Um, maybe they still would have moved on. And, and But at the same time, if they didn't think there was someone of Belichick's caliber, that maybe for Belichick too, this is a chance for him to, you know, obviously he doesn't want to, for all the things that he's so great about adapting on the field, um, in terms of his personality, not something that's always adapted, but maybe this is a, maybe he will change a bit in terms of his approach, maybe be a little more collaborative. Maybe that's something that Dallas is overall concerned about, given how much Jerry Jones, you know, is involved in what they do. And it's very different than what Robert Kraft and, and his sons did with, with Belichick in terms of basically letting him kind of handle things until now it's going to probably be a little bit different situation with Gerard Mayo, but Man, yeah, until that happens, and I I know even the Eagles are one that after what happened with them in Tampa and just the way that this season completely fell apart, Sirianni's been, uh, at least uh, Eagles fans have <laughs> put him on the hot seat. Uh, it's been a interesting week here for the NFC East. Uh, Going to have potentially three new coaches, if, yeah, commanders for sure. Um, I think the Eagles probably, if anything, might, might be some of the other staff that ends up being moved on from, but... For Dallas at this point, I still think it's going to happen. It just feels like it's going to be Belichick, even if it's not, in my opinion, the perfect marriage, unless they can both collaborate in a way. And like, you know, maybe they will at this era of time, you know, for, for, um, especially for Jones to look at what he wants and he wants to win. And maybe if, if that, you know, and maybe for Belichick too, if he's able to just focus more on coaching, game planning and less on personnel um, than he has in the past, maybe this could work. So, uh, but until it happens, it's like you said, it's really tough um, to it really does feel like for at least Belichick, there's only like one other place, at least early on right now, um, that it looks like he'd probably pivot to, but they're, they're kind of now just waiting on Dallas to figure out what they want to do. Yeah. It seems like, again, whatever happens with the Cowboys, um, that's going to, the Bill Belichick decision, I feel like is impacted by that. And we wait yeah. and see. What happens there? Um, like you said, if if he's not an option for Dallas one way or the other, whether it's they decide to keep McCarthy or they go another direction, um, it seems pretty clear. I think the Falcons would be the next choice for Belichick. Um, and at least from the betting odds standpoint, like if you go to, to bet online, like they have Belichick as the person with the best odds to be the next Cowboys coach, to be the next Falcons coach. And so it's like, you know, you could probably place pretty good odds on Belichick for a couple of those teams. And those are the ones in particular, I think that make the most sense. Um, although you can also look at some of the odds and see that Jim Harbaugh is right there with Belichick when it comes to the Falcons uh, job. And I think that's where this gets interesting to me because, you know, I feel like one of those two guys is going to wind up as the next head coach of the Falcons. And that's a good thing for the Falcons, I think, because you're thinking, <laughs> man, if you look at all these job openings and as of right now, it seems to at least be a position where you feel pretty good about your chances. Although, as we said, because if you look at everybody on the board right now, and again, we just mentioned the Cowboys situation, the Chargers situation. I mean, I don't know. Like I, you feel like Harbaugh to the Chargers makes a lot of sense just based on the quarterback situation all those different things, but we'll see if it's as easy as that. But it does feel like the Falcons feel like maybe they're in the, the best spot of kind of anybody on the board right here. So, yeah, they've had uh, it's, and I know they've have a talented roster. A quarterback is definitely a consideration with any of these jobs. And 
you know, by and large, there aren't a ton of, uh, a lot of certainty. I think one that we'll get to later, the commanders with the, having the number two pick, that's one yeah. job that also, I think just becomes more intriguing with the amount of cap space they have the new ownership and that pick, but for the Falcons, yeah, right. It, the way things are going, they feel like they're in a good spot. Things could, you know, I, I just, I think they have a lot of options where, and I think Arthur Blank himself is very respected and I don't think it's a situation where, and we'll get to Carolina shortly, where you might have some guys that are a little hesitant about the ownership and what that partnership might look like for themselves. So if they, I don't think there's any shortage of qualified candidates uh, just overall um, in, in this um, in this carousel. And so if, if Harbaugh ends up in Dallas, or sorry, Harbaugh ends up in LA with the Chargers and Belichick with, with Dallas, I think that that, you know, I look at the list of guys they've, uh, candidates and people they've interviewed. I think Mike McDonald from the Ravens would be an interesting fit for sure. But at this point, I think if the Cowboys thing doesn't work out for Belichick, it feels like he's for sure coming here. I know they interviewed Harbaugh in Atlanta. I don't know. I don't know why I'm having a hard time seeing that I happen just, for yeah, me. I don't see that one either. Yeah. For some reason. For, for Maybe I'm just, maybe this is also. It's kind of funny or just think more of like what would be cool for the league um, as much as like what's actually going to happen. But for me with Harbaugh, I'm like, if he could stay at Michigan still, obviously. Um, and then the NFL jobs that I thought that kind of would uh, be interesting were the Chargers and the Raiders. Um, I think the partnership they could have with Mark Davis. I know he's, you know, in the past is, try, you know, they were close to hiring him or at least talked to him pretty heavily before he took the Michigan job. Um, obviously, when they go to college and what he's done at Michigan, it's going to be hard to walk away from that. I know with all the all the different things happening where he could be suspended and uh, the new kind of clause he wants in his contract where they can't – basically, if he's suspended, they, they can't uh, avoid it or fire him or just some other language he wants in there complicating this whole thing. Um, I think the, the most fun one would, would be the Raiders, though. Uh, they still have a pretty high pick. Think of what that would do with that fan base and how he would embrace uh, – you know, the way that he's been able to embrace the Michigan culture as, you know, I think with the Raiders, he'd have no problem stepping in and kind of setting the same kind of tone that Antonio Pierce has. Um, and, you know, you know, something that Vegas obviously wants if they don't keep Pierce is a guy that has a track record of winning in the NFL. They, this is not an ownership that's going to be overly um, and uh, patient, I don't think, with what they expect, um, even with their roster situation. I mean, we saw what Antonio Pierce did for the defense, but I think for Harbaugh, that one would be a lot of fun. The Chargers are interesting, but from the Chargers' point of view, I think, you know, if they can get him, that's fantastic. I don't know with the way that they've spent in the past and what their ownership is like, if, that, if they're going to gel with Harbaugh's personality. That's the only part of that that I'm yeah. unsure of how that uh, would all uh, work um, compared to the Raiders, where I think they just let them kind of run the show um, if, if that ends up if they end up pivoting that direction. But yeah, it's a it's a tough kind of thing. I, I don't know why the Falcons. I just I think if the Falcons get, can get Belichick, if he if the Cowboys uh, don't hire him or they end up staying with McCarthy, I think Belichick's in Atlanta. If Belichick goes to Dallas. I just don't know if he's the the guy that ends up. I think there's just a number of other names in this list, and we've seen that Blank isn't afraid of going the DC route um, in the past, and has had tons of success with it. I mean, you look at what they did when they obviously having an offense coordinator like Kyle Shanahan helped on that Super Bowl run, but um, they, they don't necessarily, you know, Arthur Smith was an offensive guy, and it uh, did not uh, end up working out there with that system. So, yeah, it's uh, it could be an intriguing place for. 
also a lateral move of a offense coordinator with a team that's not a play calling offense coordinator has a play calling head coach that wants to, to coach under with Atlanta. Also, obviously very curious what they do uh, at quarterback. Oh, there's just, it's so many things that kind of complicate the situation, but I do see why Atlanta is promising in terms of the conference they're in. You don't have to worry about playing yeah. so many of these great young quarterbacks, but also division, obviously that, was very much up for grabs again this year. Obviously, the Buccaneers look pretty good against the Eagles. A lot of teams have looked good against the Eagles lately. We'll see how Tampa fares in Detroit. But it um, it's a job that I think if if Belichick doesn't end up there, I don't I – don't, I, for some reason, I just don't think Harbaugh is the guy that ends up in Atlanta. I'm a huge football fan, and I love watching every game I can. But sometimes I don't have enough time to cook a delicious and healthy meal for myself and my family. That's why I'm so glad I discovered HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. The meal kit delivery service that makes cooking easy and fun. With HelloFresh, I get fresh ingredients and easy-to-follow recipes delivered right to my door every week. I can choose from a variety of cuisines and dishes and customize my plan to fit my preferences and schedule. HelloFresh saves me so much time and hassle that I can enjoy more football without compromising on quality. Plus, HelloFresh is affordable and flexible, so I can skip or cancel any time. HelloFresh is the best thing that has ever happened to me as a football fan. Make saving time your easiest resolution with quick, convenient recipes delivered right to you. Just choose your meals and select your delivery date. HelloFresh handles the meal planning and shopping, so all you have to do is open your weekly box of pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes to get cooking. This is the best time to make the switch. If your New Year's resolution is to eat healthier and gain more time pursuing the things you love like me, then hop onto the HelloFresh train and start today. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Establish Free and use code Establish Free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash Establish Free with code Establish Free. Uh, I think Atlanta's maybe has the most options of anybody, but that that range is, again, all dependent on what happens with Belichick, I think. Um so maybe it's as simple as Belichick goes there and we're still waiting on the Cowboys. I don't know, but I, I tend to think, I feel like he's waiting for that. And I don't yeah. I just, why wouldn't you? Right. Because then you, you hear that side of things and you see what happens. And so I don't know, but yeah, I think the the Falcons and chargers, as I look at the board, two most intriguing options, I think just based on where they are. Although the one you brought up was the Raiders. And I think that is where, like, just being given the keys and just saying, go do whatever you want, we'll spend what we need to spend, like, those kind of things. Like, th- there's an element to that. Um, now, you know, again, division-wise, you know you're in the division with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, um, Broncos, you know, we'll see. Well, I think they're probably going to turn the corner eventually. But, um, you know, and then who knows what happens with the Chargers. The roster's there, but it's just, can you yeah. put it all together? And they're going to have a new coach too. So, uh, I mean, that's where – Look, there's a lot of people obviously going to bat for Antonio Pierce uh, with that situation. But I guess that's an interesting one is, you know, what if Pierce doesn't wind up with the Raiders? You know, could it just be as simple as maybe he slots in somewhere else, whether it's, I don't know. I mean, really any of these kind of jobs, I guess you could say, the Titans or the, um, I feel like maybe that that's, there's a connection there. Um, maybe the Panthers decide to go that route. I don't know, but uh, the Raiders are, Kind of an interesting one, just given the ownership and such. If if maybe it's not what you think in terms of them just going out and removing the interim tag and it being Antonio Pierce, if it gets more complicated than that, like you said, maybe that's where you add in a, a Harbaugh or, or something like that. 
Yeah, if I had to predict what's going to happen, I think Pierce will end up being the guy. Yeah. Um, I, I just, with the amount of player, I, I don't know if these are, you know, substantial reports, more like rumors of, you know, it was like if Max Crosby, if they don't re-sign Pierce, Max Crosby is going to demand a trade, like that right. kind of yeah. thing. So, I mean, but he has, and a lot of his teammates have publicly backed Pierce. And I, I do think there's something to say about what happened with that defense um, in the second half of the year and how they went from a unit that uh, was getting run all over. To, and they, they'd had some solid performances, but nonetheless had struggled through the first half of the season to a, a defense that, you know, yes, they've struggled the Chiefs offense, but they shut them down on that Christmas game. And overall, over the course of the second half of the year, you know, they lost that ridiculous game to the Vikings 3-0. Um, they, they went 5-4 and four during his time, but uh, they looked like a better team on, on the defensive side. And I think there's enough, you know, encouraging things that if you have a – I think the GM hire is maybe the, the part for the Raiders for me that is the, the – first thing here as much as the coach um i think that's from the reporting is basically said they're going to prioritize finding the gm first um i i yeah i just they're playing it a little slower they haven't interviewed as many people as the the falcons and panthers some of these other teams so it, maybe it's a little less predictable at this time maybe they are really gonna wait it out and kind of elongate their process more so because they're not as afraid that antonio pierce will be hired elsewhere i know like you mentioned maybe he could end up somewhere else He's gonna he's gonna be coaching the NFL uh, next season. It's just a matter of what the the title is and where. Um, but if I had to predict, I think that he's gonna end up staying as the Raiders coach. I I just think there's enough there. I think the GM, you know, obviously if you if you do feel like you really want to have a new GM and a guy come in together at the same time, that could be a, a big one. I, but at the same time, I know that their own uh, assistant GM uh, was one of the candidates they were considering. So. If you, if you hire from within for both jobs, then it kind of is, they kind of are tied in together a little bit differently than um, if you bring a completely new um, guy in. And that's uh, way more important with, as we've seen, the, the drafting that we've talked about with the Raiders and, you know, for all the, some of the guys they've hit on, just the, the number of missed picks and you, you look at it and you're like, man, this, where this team could be. Um, if, if their evaluation or even even if they wanted some of these guys as we've talked about, just understanding positional or not in positional value, just value from other teams for these players and where you can probably get them and how you could have probably traded back in a number of cases. But um, I think if Pierce is the Pierce for me, it's Pierce or Harbaugh. I, I guess they could, you know, at this point, uh, things can drastically change. We just don't have nearly as much information to go off at this point um, with the they haven't really, you know, done that many interviews yet. Yeah. Well, if you look at the rest of the the group, I'm going to keep the Panthers out of this because I think the Panthers is the that's the least appealing option of this group um, for some of the reasons you mentioned earlier, whether you know ownership, but just also just I think seeing the the state of the roster and how disappointing they were, and even though it's like we just drafted your franchise quarterback, and surely they should be, but it's just not. I think there's just not a lot of um, I don't know whatever the word is for for that job buzz, whatever you want to call it. Uh, someone will get it and someone will have an opportunity. And I think it'll be, you know, again, uh, someone that's an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. But I think it's also safe to say that Seahawks, Titans, commanders, they're all probably picking from the coordinator pool as well. Uh, that would seem to be the safe bet here. And again, there's going to, you're going to see a lot of names involved with that, whether it's Dan Quinn, whether it's Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the lions, Bobby Slowick, offensive coordinator, uh, for the Texans, Brian Johnson, like their office according to the Eagles, like all these different guys, the same names. You mentioned Mike McDonald earlier, the Ravens. Um, I feel like it's it's impossible to predict. Like 
of this group here, who's going to wind up where? I will tell you, look at Bet Online. Uh, they have Ben Johnson as the odds on favorite to be the next commander's coach. They yeah. have, that's an interesting one. Um, they have, let's see, Panthers. They have Kellen Moore, by the way, just for if you're keeping score at home. Dan Quinn is the betting favorite uh, for the next Seahawks coach, which we understand potential connections there. Bobby Slowick is the uh, the odds-on favorite to be the next Titans coach, which, again, Rand Carthon, they work together. Um, so I think people are connecting the dots there. So it does feel like we're looking at the same group of names here. You can add Aaron Glenn into that mix as well uh, yeah. from the Lions. And so I feel like this is much more unpredictable to see of this group. You know, again, there's <laughs> – eight to 10 names here, which are the three that get these three jobs? I feel like that's the the more unpredictable element of this. And which one of those names possibly, if the Chargers don't get Harbaugh, could could uh, also look yeah. at that situation, right? With, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a number of things in the Chargers roster, I think, that need attention. It's not just uh, one piece here or there. So it might still take a sec to build exactly what you want around him. But I think that, that one is like the same way we're talking about the contingency of like uh, – the Cowboys, it's different here. It's jobs open, but like what I feel like that's also yeah. a waiting game to an extent. I do think the commanders one, as you mentioned with Ben Johnson feels like the strongest from um, uh, Jeremy Fowler and uh, ESPN piece reporting. Many people around the league believe Harris, the, the owner, the new owner, uh, Josh Harris has been focused on Johnson as his top choice. They just hired Adam Peters, the assistant GM from the Niners. He also is a fan of Johnson. We know that this is probably the most common name or the biggest name for, you know, from last um, cycle that didn't end up getting hired into this one that um, given where the Lions have gone this season was not surprising that he was going to end up being a top candidate again. It seems like, you know, the experience he got and, you know, being in that culture and, and seeing what uh, and sticking with it even for another year, I think people were probably respected that decision too, and what they've been able to uh, pull off so far, uh, not, not, not done yet for, for Ben Johnson, but that, that will uh, also <laughs> teams in the playoffs, those kind of things elongate some of these situations. Same with Bobby Slowick. I think Slowick, we were talking about before we recorded, maybe teams are going to look at him and think he's still a little too uh, young and uh, hasn't been on, you know, only been an offense coordinator for one year here. Obviously he's had a ton of success, but I, for for that same conversation, I'd say it's better to hire the right guy early than watch him go somewhere else. I think a lot of people yeah. probably that was kind of the uh, after the Rams hired Sean McVay that there was a lot of conver- a lot of the people that you know this is from their president Kevin Demoff and different members of the organization said they talked to a lot of people and say that's going to be a great head coach one day, but they were like why why are we waiting for him to become someone yeah. else's head coach when we can get him now? So. Maybe with Slowick, you see. Uh, I don't know if you go in, into the say, into the division. I know you mentioned um, Tennessee there, um, having to face the D'Amico and that and and Stroud for his whole career might be a tough uh, tough draw for Bobby. Um, yeah. I, I think the the one that also, as you mentioned, Aaron Glenn, another one that Jeremy Fowler said that people close to the situation there. Uh, I mentioned Aaron Glenn to be a uh, candidate to keep an eye on. So an interesting one possibly for Tennessee. I, the name that hasn't interviewed for Seattle, and I thought this was interesting here from also from Jeremy Fowler's uh, reporting, was Mike Vrabel. Um, trying to figure out a place for him. Uh, I was going to bring him up too. Like, I feel like yeah. he's, he's another wild card here because it's. I just find it hard to believe he's not going to be the head coach of someone next year. And so Chargers. Yeah, I mean, again, that could be it. Like I, <laughs> I think he lands one of these jobs, and that's where, like we said, 
Look, I told you before we started recording, bet online right now. It's like if Nick Sirianni isn't the Eagles coach next year, who's the betting favorite? It's Mike Vrabel. Um, yeah. Belichick would be second on the list based on the odds. Now, again, these odds, we know they change literally by the hour. But we're just pointing out right now, if you look at it, it is at least interesting to note that that is something that is a possibility. So I, I think that's a good point you bring up because it's like, to me, Vrabel's coaching somewhere next year as a head coach. I don't think he's, he's not going to be a coordinator. And so it's just where is it going to be? <laughs> so It's it's tough uh, right now to predict it. Uh, he's, he's the biggest kind of like just because he hasn't really – he's not really being mentioned with uh, in terms of everyone thought, oh, well, the Patriots are going to consider him and then immediately Gerard Mayo's promoted, right? Yeah. Um, the, like I said, Seattle would be – interesting to me in terms of like i know you mentioned dan quinn and i don't know how much people are going to reconsider not just the one game the cowboys had but over the course of the second half of the season he had some of you know he's been the coordinator for a number of years now in dallas and really solid stuff but the his worst like five games uh in epa against are all from the second half of the season um is that a personnel thing is that uh, some of the, and it often is the Shanahan kind of tree guys like Matt LaFleur that are the ones that have been giving him trouble. Still, we've seen what success Shanahan's had against that, uh, Cowboys defense. So, uh, Seattle, I don't know if they want to go into a situation where they're hiring a guy that's, even though he has obviously the connections there and was very successful during his time as the coordinator in Seattle, that was, that was a while ago. And you're in a division with Sean McVay. And, and Kyle Shanahan, I, I don't know if you're looking for the guy to stop them as much as if I'm Seattle, I, I personally would be looking probably for the guy to try to score with them, uh, maybe, uh, and also a coordinator where you feel like you can have at least a fighting chance. Um, I I don't know. They're, they're, Seattle's a very interesting one, but I think if you're not going to go with the offensive guy, I'd, at least for me, between Dan Quinn and Vrabel, I'd personally rather have Vrabel, I think, with what – uh, he's been able to do. He, he's very, very interesting situation for him though, because yeah, you go down the list. That's why I threw out the Chargers because I was like, I, I, I think this is a team that needs to be tougher. Um, a team that obviously, uh, and having he had a good relationship with the GM in Tennessee. That wasn't what, uh, from at least the reporting I've seen, ended up being the the reason he was fired is more from ownership. And I think that come in with a the new GM here have a situation where you have the quarterback. The one thing that always was, you know, they, they brought in Tannehill and I, you know, I really enjoyed watching Will Levis this year, but still jury's out on, you know, if he's going to be the long-term guy in a division filled with really good, uh, suddenly really young quarter, really good young quarterbacks. So for the chargers though, they got that, that situation down and it's like, all right, if we can, you know, get that toughness, establish that mentality on defense that Tennessee had paired with a Justin Herbert. It's a pretty intriguing prospect. I know they, also, you know, playing in, a, in the AFC in general is going to be tough. I don't think Vrabel or anyone's going to back down from being in the same division as Mahomes, but that is something that maybe could be considered when you look at uh, some of these other jobs. But a lot of these jobs don't have a Justin Herbert. I mean, looking down the list, yeah. we got Commanders. You might you might feel great about Drake May or or Jane Daniels or whoever with that number two pick. Um, you could tend to, you could feel great about. Um, uh, for the Titans with Levis, you can feel great about Geno. All these guys, but. I'm telling. I mean, there's not often that you end up having someone like Justin Herbert. Um, and I say this is the second time now that he's been, uh, someone's been able to come in with a new job to coach him. But 
I think it is a promising situation and the chargers coach or uh, organization for some of the flack they get, I think they ought they, you know, they're really patient with Tom Telesco. They have been more patient with coaches at times. Um, I don't think it's a, an ownership thing where I'd be thinking that's going to be a, a negative uh, thing that's going to be involved there. So yeah, maybe he's not mentioned here um, with some of the candidates that they've interviewed and, and looked at for the chargers, but think Vrabel would be a, at least an interesting one to join this group of all these, uh, all the uh, usual names. I know Raheem Morris, I, I got to at least mention him here. I know the first half didn't look great for the Rams against uh, the Lions, but he, you know, the adjustments they made. And overall, I think the amount of being in McVay, you know, with Sean for as long as he has and his overall experience on the offense and defensive side makes him an interesting candidate for both um, Seattle and maybe even Tennessee. But um, it, uh, it's just tough. There's only so many jobs. That, it's funny. There's a lot of more, way more jobs than last year. Eight, if you include the, the Patriots, if we get one more, at least from Cowboys, Eagles up to nine after only having five last year. But then you'll get the name, number of candidates. And it's like, I, I, it's at least like there was a point uh, during the season where I was like, oh man, Mike McDonald, the Ravens DC is going to have to find a job. And now I'm, now I'm looking down the list. I'm like, I don't, I just yeah. don't know. There's just too many big name uh, former head coaches, candidate, um, and offensive guys that maybe once again, even though the defensive coordinators had a good year and felt like they're going to make a have some revenge in terms of the coaching carousel, don't know if that's going to exactly be the case here. Yeah, it's just it's wild because again, you look at this whole situation and there are just so many dominoes that still I feel like have to fall before we know what's going to happen with any of these. Because um, again, it's it's a large group of offensive and defensive coordinator pool here and. If Belichick, Harbaugh, Vrabel, Pierce, who is an interim coach, like if these guys just swoop in and take four of these jobs, then all of a sudden it's like, all right, well, that's shrinking for that other group. So, um, yeah, so it's going to be wild. And, and again, all of this probably starts with the decision for the Cowboys, which we should know soon enough, I would think. And you, Please. you, I, my guess is, my prediction is you will know it by the time you listen to this, what the Cowboys <laughs> have done, um, because Seems I have likely. to believe that's coming soon. So, Anyways, we'll see what happens with those. But uh, Dylan, believe it or not, there's something else, as we said, going on in the NFL, too. And that is the divisional round, which, um, you know, is still uh, center stage, I guess. But, boy, the coaching carousel has been just as wild uh, this year. Let's talk about some of these games here quickly. Um, the Texans are at the Ravens. Ravens are seven and a half point uh, favorites in this one. Obviously, it's a rematch from C.J. Stroud, how, how far he's come from playing the Ravens uh, right away and now getting them in a playoff situation. Uh, in the same sort of scenario here on the road in Baltimore. I think to me, that's, that could be the difference here. I mean, just how far he's come as a quarterback, obviously the Texans uh, are just a much different team than they were to start the season. The adjustment, the experience along the way has really helped, but man, I just, I don't know. Like I can't pick against the Ravens here. They've just been so good. I will say I, there's something to the seven and a half though. If we were doing this from a betting standpoint, yep. I feel like it's, it feels like a two bit of a tease here. I'm like, why is this seven and a half? Seven feels like about as far as I would want to go. Um, and again, it, that's all based on CJ Stroud and the weapons that he has around him. But the Ravens are just tough. We we know how good they've been this season. And so I'm going to pick the Ravens in this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's just hard to pick against them. I know that, uh, that a lot's been made of their struggles in the postseason. I think just the one postseason win for Lamar um, against Tennessee um, back in the, the COVID season. So it's been, but at the same time, it's like, there's a lot of different factors that went into those games. This Ravens team's also different, uh, it, you know, with the Greg Roman offense previously and the, the rushing centric attack, 
it is what, what they've been able to do with opening things up for Lamar. And I hope they're not a little rusty. You know, I do think about that a little bit, not just because they have the vibe, but because they didn't play in week 18, a lot of the starters, including Lamar. So um, they, they had already wrapped up the one seed. So that it, it's a consideration, but, and I think CJ Stroud's very scary. Um, he's not, <laughs> given what he did against Cleveland just now. And I, I, you know, they didn't make some adjustments, but his ability to, negate some of the the same way that Lamar very different players but same way that Lamar's able to negate uh, a perfect play call at times by just making a play and throwing off uh, throwing off a back foot and uh, you know m- manipulating the pocket a bit like these Stroud is an absolute baller as soon as there was a point when the Texans were became clear they're going to beat the Browns I was like it didn't have it you still had the Chiefs and Bills had the win but I was like thinking about this QB divisional round for the AFC with Lamar CJ Josh Allen and Mahomes and you're like just this is this is everything that the AFC is going to be for a long time. It makes it so exciting. It makes it really exciting not to be a fan of a team in the AFC. Um, it is a tough conference, and I think that's why. Yeah, seven and a half, like you said, I would probably go Texans plus seven and a half. But I'm uh, picking the Ravens to win. I, I think they're just too many good things. I think Houston's defense. They had a great performance. That that crowd, man, the crowd. That's the the most. Uh, rabid uh texans crown i think i've ever seen at least i don't know <laughs> texans fans are probably no better if there's any yeah. situation but man that you could feel the energy of like them realizing oh this is going to be fun not just this year but for the future there's a lot of there's a lot more pressure on the ravens i think to take advantage of this opportunity than houston but i think they'll uh, they'll be up for it i think the defense will do enough good things playing at home to be a factor i think lamar will find some openings and i think baltimore will find a way to get the win too yep should be interesting to see again how what the Texans do differently this time around because we know they're a different team. So um, we'll see. All right, this one, uh, what a setup here. The Packers at the 49ers. The Niners are eight-and-a-half-point favorites in this one, uh, which, again, I think kind of shows you what the Niners have done, the fact what we just saw from the Packers and eight-and-a-half-point underdogs here. Also, you know, just the obvious potential letdown, I think, um, you know, always in these spots. I think betting-wise, you can look at those numbers and understand Maybe why it gets to that, uh, you know, when you're playing this game nine times out of ten, you feel pretty strongly about the Niners' chances to do that against the Packers. But you would also say the same thing about the Cowboys, perhaps, against the Packers, uh, and that did not happen. It was a much different scenario. I'm going to pick the Niners here, Dylan. I know we're about to reveal your pick, but I tell you, what worries me, and we say this every year, it's like the teams that have to sit, and the teams that are just waiting and waiting and waiting, everybody else is playing. We've seen, I don't know what the exact, there's got to be a stat out there on the teams that get the buy. Um, and, you know, it used to be, you know, a couple teams get a buy and all that. But we've seen over the years where it's just that one team gets hot, they go in red hot, and the other team just can't match whatever, you know, that momentum that the other team has had and they that they built up, you know, the week before and all that. So, Maybe it happens here. The Packers are as confident as ever. They have nothing to lose here because no one ever thought they would be in this spot. Um, but yet, I this is interesting. Like, this is at least way more intriguing than we would have ever thought it would be. Uh, but I just I can't pick against the Niners. So, And I, I shouldn't have. I, I know better. I think I don't know if I picked against the Niners like once, maybe the week one <laughs> yeah. against Pittsburgh. Like, the whole season, I basically... <laughs> I've been riding them even in, uh, against my best judgment of some of the games that they ended up did losing. But yeah, um, I I don't know why I have a weird feeling about what Jordan Love uh, can do. I know Dallas's defense is not the same as the 49ers. The 49ers, unlike the Ravens, at least did play 
yes, Brock Purdy didn't play and Christian McCaffrey didn't play, but it's a good almost mid-second quarter before we saw Devo and, and Ayuk and uh, Warner and some of these guys uh, for the, of the Niners starters come out of that game against the Rams in week 18. So they, they at least tried to give them a little bit of uh, reps. And we've seen the Niners come out of the bye um, in 2019 with no problem as the uh, game where they ran the ball like eight times against the Vikings and won by a ton of points. Then they blew out the Packers, the NFC title game right after. So obviously that's very, it's a different team, but a lot of the same suspects, especially the head coach and being a very important one were on that, on that team a few years ago. And there's something about Jordan love that you, the same way I was saying what scares me with Stroud. I mean, talk about just one of the best, performances in a playoff debut probably that we've ever seen at least in my opinion I, I know I know that Shrouds is really impressive but I think what we saw from Jordan Love was just ridiculous obviously the play calling was great and I don't think they're going to be able to match wits the same way with the Cowboys coaching staff um, I don't think they're gonna be able to outsmart this Niners group the same way um, but I do think there's some openings on the, in the secondary where if they can just buy time and Jordan Love's had an ability to get to a spot not having to step up constantly. Um, we've seen a lot of these quarterbacks do this with the quote unquote trick shots, right? That's kind of a thing that's been talked about with Stroud, with with him, with Stafford. Uh, we, we've seen this from Mahomes and Allen, some of these guys for a long time, but um, it's becoming more prevalent. And I, I just something about maybe it's just the poetry of this is the team that this is the team Aaron Rodgers can never beat, like in the playoffs. This is every time. Uh, so many runs, even to, down towards uh, you know a second to last playoff run um, there in 2019, or the third to last, I guess, uh, or I guess it was 2021. Yeah, second to last where they lost at home to the Niners. It's just so many. Uh, I think at least four that I can think of off the top of my head for Rogers playoff losses to the Niners. For Jordan Love to come in and not just beat the team that Brett Favre can never really beat in the Cowboys, and now possibly being the Niners, a team that Rogers can never beat, it would be. Maybe I'm just going too much for the storyline for it. Maybe I'm also kind of wanting to see what an NFC title game looks like in Detroit. But and also I just wanted to find one upset. I know we didn't have to do it for this one, but uh, out of these out of these games, it just felt like the one. I know the, the last game probably is the one that maybe I should have gone with. We'll get the Chiefs Bills in a sec, but yeah. I think the it's the Jordan Love factor. I think it's the Russ thing you said, but I don't know. I just I if the Packers defense does scare me, and I'm worried that the Niners are just going to run all over them. But man, they've you know, they looked pretty, you know, I know Detroit, or not Detroit, Dallas made some mistakes, but they they looked better. We'll see. Uh, it should be interesting. It should be a fun game regardless. And obviously the pageantry of these two uh, teams makes it a lot of fun. And, uh, I mean, Packer fans are going to, no matter what happens here, feeling pretty good about where they're moving going forward, same way the Texans fans are. All right. The winner of that one will play the winner of this one. The Bucks at the Lions, uh, another one that I don't think anyone would have ever predicted. Uh, early on, we, we would have predicted the Lions, but not the Bucks. Maybe meeting them here in the divisional round. Lions are six and a half point favorites in Detroit uh, for this one, and yeah, that's like this is an exciting game. And like I said, this is boy not one we would have thought would have ever gotten there before the season. Uh, but you know, based on Lions get a close win over the Rams, the Bucks just took it to the Eagles, and two teams that again riding high confidence wise in this one. Um, Man, it's like at this point, I hate to doubt Baker Mayfield because it's a wild statement to say, given how many times everyone's done that over the years. But he's got this Bucks team playing really well right now. We talked about kind of a tale of two halves of the season for them. But the Lions, to me, just feel like we knew that first one was going to be just 
pulling uh, just grind to get out of there with a win. And of course it winds yeah. up being a one point win. Uh, but I think getting past that initial first one, I just feel like now it's like, it's like that exhale for the lions. And I just think they're the better team and, you know, six and a half. I don't, I'd probably stay away from this game, but I would be surprised if the lions come out here and, and play really, really well. And we just see them kind of take over and, and move on to the NFC championship. Yeah, maybe Excel for one day and then lock back in because otherwise, yeah, we saw what Tampa did punching Philly in the mouth. And I don't think Dan Campbell and that coaching staff are going to let them, uh, you know, any lack of preparation. I do think, yeah, like, but I, I do feel that in terms of it was a tough and we'll see. It's hard to say between the, you know, the Bucks that look pretty good. It's hard to say that they uh, are not as good of opponents as the Rams, but man, the, the Rams gave them a good shot in a very physical game. And it, I think Tampa is going to be trying to be physical too. Uh, you know, being able to keep that. I, I don't know if Detroit's going to be able to keep as clean of a pocket for, for Jerry Goff as they did against the Rams, unless they run the ball a bit better, took them all, you know, they really did not run the ball insanely well against LA. Um, I think in this game against a, a pretty tough eighth in DVOA against the run for Tampa, I think if they can find a way to run at least a little bit to open things up for Jared, I think it's going to be really, really important. But yeah, I think Detroit's just a better team, even if Tampa, I wouldn't doubt if they come in there and, and with the way that defense looked and, you know, this thing, the thing about Tampa's offense, I, you want to be excited about what happened in Philly, but they did just score nine points against the Panthers the week before um, they've been inconsistent. Um, but yeah, storylines to the two number one quarterback quarterback picks that were uh, kind of given up on by their team, multiple teams in, in Baker's case. Um, it's a, uh, it's interesting, interesting. And you know, Baker's a little bit, uh, dinged up still. Uh, he talked about it a little bit after the game, but uh, didn't make any excuses. But we'll see if that plays a factor. I, I just think Detroit has a better team. I think that Tampa might find some openings in the passing game, but I think in a more of a shootout potentially here um, than, the, than the Lions-Rams game that ended up looking like it would be that and the second half wasn't. So I, I think that Detroit will maybe have a little, uh, a few less, um, you know, jitters on offense where I think they'll, uh, in the second half, like they did against the Rams, I think they'll kind of have a more complete performance to your point. I think the, the experience of it all, um, the fan base was still going to be rabid and still be going nuts, but it's not going to be as desperate almost as it was, uh, against Stafford, um, and, and trying to just get that first playoff win. Um, and uh, maybe there will be a lot of pressure if my prediction of the other game comes true where the fan, they know that the winner of this hosts the NFC title game. But um, regardless, I, I do think the Lions are going to find a way to get to the NFC title game, which is something we pondered as a possibility. But uh, the fact that it is this close now is pretty nuts. Uh, it's, it's really awesome for their fan base. And then the one that uh, we're all waiting for, the NFL, I think especially, uh, this is the Kind of the, the gift that keeps on giving here with the Chiefs and yep. the Bills. Uh, the Chiefs go on the road. Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game, as we know, to take on the Bills, who are three-point favorites in this game. Um, again, I, you know, everything we saw with the Chiefs and Dolphins game, you know, you certainly have to factor in the elements and all of that. Yeah, not sure what their projected forecast is right now. I'm sure it's cold uh, in Buffalo <laughs> uh, for this game. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind, but to me again, Dylan, I've said, I just, I feel like anytime we doubt the chiefs, they, they make you look silly, but this just doesn't seem like the same chiefs team uh, to me that has gotten to that, you know, super bowl winning level in recent years. Um, meanwhile, I think the bills are starting to find those elements to finally get there 
And I just feel like, again, the way the Bills have been playing, I just really like them in this spot. Uh, you know, only being a three-point favorite, maybe it should be that surprising, but there's a part of me that's like, man, I feel like the Bills should be favored by more points. Um, but it's Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Again, you don't want to doubt what he can do, but this is the first time we've seen him in this scenario on the road in a playoff game uh, with everything kind of at stake here. I'm picking the Bills. I just think they're the better team right now. And honestly, for me, it's as simple as that. Yeah, I, I think the spread maybe has to do with the injuries. Buffalo's defense is like down to some third, fourth guys in their secondary spots. I know Rasul Douglas, who didn't play in the wildcard round, said he's going to be active. So that should be a big boost. But I do think those are kind of things from Buffalo's point. If they if they had a little more health on that side, I feel, I'd feel really good about this pick. I do think it's a, going to be a really close game because I, we saw the Chiefs offense look better and I don't we, this isn't an uncommon uh Mike Sando and his athletic piece on Monday how to it's not uncommon to see quarterbacks that have down years general like great quarterbacks that have a down year and then in the playoffs turn things around and just find that second gear and maybe that is going to be Mahomes and their defense as we you know we always said if Kansas City had a great defense what it could do uh, for this team, and if they could be unstoppable, I they haven't become unstoppable because the offense has had their struggles. The defense isn't the most dominant, but they're they're really good. So it's going to be a challenge um, uh, for this uh, for this offense here um, for Buffalo. I don't think, even though Pittsburgh's still a solid unit, and I think uh, you know they were able to the success they did have against Pittsburgh, you know, with Josh off schedule and not turning the ball over. That is going to be the key uh, to this game, as it has been for the Bills, and it's, I know it's. Yeah, it's getting a little tired to hear it over and over, but it is it's true um, that turnovers for this team are, are vital. Um, and and in, case, in some cases, these matchups, turnovers previously could be considered punts. I don't think that's going to be the case necessarily in this one with the potential weather, at least at the moment, Buffalo is showing uh, a high of 22 and a, or 23 and a low of 22 on Sunday. So, and, and partly sunny potentially. So maybe not the worst weather, um, which I think would be fun to to get a, a better, um, you know, not have it be like the elements don't have any impact, but at least have less of an impact with these two quarterbacks as we've seen for some other matchups in Kansas City. But yeah, I think the Bills at home, this is I, it feels like it's their, you know, with everything they went through to get to this point, um, I, I feel like it's just their moment to to find a way to get back to the AFC title game for the first time since the 2020 COVID season um, after a couple really tough divisional round playoff losses, one heartbreak, one just more demoralizing last year to Cincinnati. They fought back and the chiefs are, I think the chiefs are going to be in this spot for a long time and they have been, and it's going to, this will be the first time they haven't made if this, if the bills do win that they, first time the chiefs haven't made the AFC title game since I think before Mahomes is starting, I think the year of Super Bowl 52 when the Jaguars lost to the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. I think the Chiefs have been yeah. in every single one since. Um, obviously, three Super Bowl appearances and two wins. So this is not – picking against them is uh, – it could come back to haunt us, but I think Josh Allen at home, uh, we haven't – I think Mahomes is going to be fine on, on the road but in the playoffs, but just there's tons of quarterbacks in NFL history, some, some of the best quarterbacks of all time. You look at their playoff – road records and a lot of them are like two and five or three and five and just it it, it does play a role and um i think josh has at least uh, against pittsburgh did find a perfect balance between um you know being aggressive and and not uh putting the ball in harm's way did have a couple plays that were possible turnover worthy uh that didn't end up costing him but 
Um, I think he's going to be as locked in as anyone. Um, and I think the bills are going to meet the moment and should be, yeah, like you said, this is the gift. This is, I'm sure this is exactly what the NFL was hoping for. Uh, the, the last game of divisional weekend bills and chiefs. It feels right. Yeah, it does. And, uh, we'll see what happens this time around between these two should be a, a wild, wild weekend of games. And again, and the coaching carousel, cause I think we're going to start seeing like, boom, boom, boom. Like people are going to just make hires and. Again, once we figure out what's going on with the Cowboys and all that. So there you go. There's some thoughts on all of it. Uh, Of course, a lot more stuff over at Clutch Points, Dylan, uh, to get everybody ready for all of this. Coaching Carousel, Divisional Playoff Round, uh, everything, so let everybody know where they can find all that. And go to the NFL section on clutchpoints.com. Tons of coverage of these games, really in-depth stuff in terms of the matchups and X factors and flaws that could be exposed by different opponents. So we have all that going. A lot of you know coverage of all the injury news uh, for these teams leading up to these games. A lot of good stuff with the coaches and players talking about the matchups. But then, yeah, the, the rumor mill, not just yeah coaching carousel, but also already looking ahead, obviously, to you know some of the quarterback situations across the league. What are the Bears going to do? It's it's a every every week. There's at least some new report, kind of changing what uh, the calculus is in Chicago. So we got that all covered at Clutch Points the NFL section, also the NFL section of the Clutch Points app, where you can follow the games and read all the news and listen to us. And yeah, it should be a divisional weekend. Always one of the, the most fun of the year. But I still cherish when we have two games in a um, or two games each day. I know it's it's winding down now. Only what seven games left. So. Uh, than the than the, the long off season, but as you said, no shortage of storylines. We'll, we'll still be buzzing with news, so that that works well for us. Yep, it'll be a lot of fun. So again, check everything out over Clutch Points. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you search for Stabbers Past. And thanks as always for listening to the podcast, and we'll talk to you next time here on Stabbers Past Podcast.